0: Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, a podcast coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 13, the Punchboarders talk about what they've been playing, answer a tough question from the mailbag, look into an interesting Clefts Kickstarter corner, And then review brass. Hello, everybody. I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Now I'm Richie. Oh, guys, I cannot wait. I know this has nothing to do with board games, but Saturday starts the Scott Frost era at Nebraska football. I am so looking forward to it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You guys got the Akron Zips. (laughs) Tough game. (laughs) This, this, hey, 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 hey,
0: hey, 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 second hardest schedule. In the entire college football, okay, he
2: only knows what we just told him. <laughs> I love it. He's just parroting stuff that he, he read or heard.
0: <laughs> okay, I may not know. All the things about who's the linebacker and the fifth string, you know, (laughs) running back with whatever. I am just a fan, and I enjoy watching games, and I obviously want my team to win. I went to University of Nebraska at Lincoln for college, so they're my team, and I'm super looking forward and hoping, I'm crossing my fingers, that Scott Frost will kind of bring us back to the promised land and uh, at least be a team that is you know, good as opposed to what we've been for the past few years, which has just uh, been the stepping stone of the entire. uh, I anticipate
1: that that's going to (laughs) continue. I also would say (laughs) that uh, I would just hope for you that your quarterback
2: doesn't get broken on the third game.
0: Yeah, that's one thing. And I mean, uh, I just don't understand that we, I can't even remember our second string quarterback's name that literally when he got told he wasn't going to start. Uh, he quit the team.
2: I don't blame him. He waited around last year, and he got a he got a true freshman stepped in front of him this year. He didn't want to wait around anymore. I, I don't blame him.
0: Yeah, but you're one, you're literally, you're one play away from being the starting quarterback. And what if uh, Martinez, who was the one who was picked, you know, what if he doesn't perform well? Then you're in there right away. I mean, at least you should hang around for a couple of games and see what happens. <laughs>
1: I mean. With your guys' luck, uh, your starting quarterback is going to be terrible, and you're going to need them. I kind of hope that that's what
0: happens. (laughs) (sighs) Well, anyways, hopefully I haven't bored everybody with my uh, anticipation and looking forward to Saturday. No matter what, it's still going to be a fun season, and who knows? Maybe we'll pull an upset versus that silly Iowa team
2: you here's here's to your eternal optimism <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay well hey let's get into some board games guys uh sounds good yeah well actually let's head on over and kick it off with a uh, mailbag richie do we have a question there
1: sure do so we got a question from antigone Mindenhall from facebook And she wrote, So, my game group has issues with mob mentality against a single player. That player is almost always me. I wasn't the usual table winner, so I wasn't usually a threat. My sister used to jokingly say, Number one rule, don't let blue win. Blue being me. I don't think she was trying to be mean. That is unlike her. We have been sisters for 30 plus years, so picking on each other is second nature. It seems the other players took it to heart. They gang up on me in conflict games, they hate draft me in drafting games and usually block me in worker placement games. Now I have to pick what games I play carefully, as well as where I sit at the table. The easy answer is to find a different group. But I live in a small town. I am also the host and library for the group, so if I leave, it's over. There are only six of us, so splitting the group for different games is also unlikely. What would you guys do to avert in-game bullying? We usually pick on Clef a little bit in our games, don't we?
2: I don't know. I I mean, above the table, maybe, but
0: not not within (laughs) the game. (laughs) Oh, funny, funny. Uh, You know, I I kind of feel what she's talking about. Back early in my gaming career, that kind of was the feeling, you know, when I would play with different players, I always kind of felt like, oh, they're going to make sure that I don't win the game and that was tough because back then I didn't play maybe quite the euro type of games that I play nowadays. And so it would be, you know, conflict or something on those lines where they would go after me specifically, even when they didn't have to. And even today, I mean, I don't think it's quite as much anymore, but th- there are certain points where I will feel like somebody is like, well, I know I can't win, but I'm going to make sure that, you know, Clef doesn't win also. Which, which can be tough, but not as much anymore. So it's it's hard for me to for sure give advice. I don't know. Chad, what do you think?
2: I think when you teach the game, there is always automatically a an impetus within other players to want to attack you because you know the game best and they're hesitant to attack each other sometimes. And so you have to know if you're going to teach the game. I think that's often going to be common. I think in this case it might be reasonable to ask others to teach or bring a game sometimes if that's at all possible because it just is second nature. I think when you teach a game that other people are sort of going to focus on you, whether someone has instructed the others to gang up on you or not. What do you What do you think about this, Richie?
1: Yeah, I would agree. It's it's tough when you sit there and explain the game for 30 minutes and then everyone just expects you know you to be the expert in the game. But I mean, I would just, I mean, I would, I would be honest about it and just communicate with them and actually let them know that it's starting to bug you a little bit. Cause I'm, I'm sure they're not doing it to be mean. I'm sure they're just doing it to have fun at the table. And this has just kind of become a thing.
2: Right. And in, in, Gaming and in my life in general, I think communication is key. So I think if everybody knows where you're coming from, also that they know that you're supplying the games, they're going to want you to be happy. They're going to want to have a good gaming experience. I think if they think you're really, truly upset, they will try to modify their behavior, hopefully. The other thing I would say, you have six players and I don't know if the whole group wants to play together, but three players is great for a lot of uh, a lot of those two to four player games that are out there. And so you might consider splitting up if that and see if that helps the problem, because there are a lot of great games from two to four players that play really well at three. And uh, so that might be a, a solution as well.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I would agree with all these things. Definitely talking to them. It may be a hard conversation to have, but I think in the long runs it'll make it better. Cause I don't think most people genuinely want to upset you or make you angry uh, or, you know, go after you. It's probably, as always said, uh, how you are the game leader. So I I think, yeah, just sitting down with them and and telling them, Hey guys, this is kind of how I feel. I I just, I don't want to always feel ganged up on. And yet I want to play some of these games.
2: Thanks Antigone for that great question. Hopefully that answers some of it i kind of wanted to ask when i first saw your name like i I hope she doesn't have kids or anything but you know that's i'm just i'm saying that because antigone is a greek myth where the woman slaughtered her kids
0: (laughs) (laughs) well sometimes chad (laughs) i just don't know what to say about you (laughs) okay so (laughs) thanks for the question uh hey we always love questions. We love to try to answer them, even if we maybe don't always have the best advice. Hopefully we try to give some good advice there. Uh, where can people reach us to give us uh, shoot us some more emails? So
1: you can send us questions to our Gmail account, punchboardparadise at gmail.com. On social media, on Twitter, at Punchboarders, on Facebook and Instagram, we are at Punchboard Paradise.
2: Well, let's head on over to Clef's Kickstarter corner. I hear he's got a good one for us today.
0: That crazy music, I tell you. All right. <laughs> so today I've got Colonialism. This game is the second edition. It is a two to four player game that plays best with four, it says. It is designed by Scott Liebrandt with art by Harold Liesky. Uh It is going to be produced by Compass Games here in the U.S., but it's also going to be produced by Spielworks uh, over in Europe, but it's going to ship anywhere in the entire world. Colonialism is a game of 19th and early 20th century imperialism. Each of the two to four players assumes the role of a nondescript colonial power. Players will try to gain influence in the unindustrialized regions of the game board to obtain as many resources as possible. Although the colonial powers are anonymous in the game, colonialism aims to be a serious though abstract look at a dark chapter in recent world history. Colonialism is played in game turns. The heart of the game is the action rounds. Players will play one card face down and then go in order playing cards that will affect the board state. It is a game of area control. That's main mechanism is hand management. Then at the end of the round, the face down card makes for great bluffing and suspense for what the card is that is played. And then at the end, the winner of the game is the one with the most victory points. So kind of a little bit of a basic overview of the game. And really why I kind of wanted to bring it up, you know, for us in this group is this is some pretty serious subject matter. Now, it's history and we all need to learn from history to not repeat history. I think I've heard that said before. And so this game, though, it's, it's pretty dark. What's your guys' feelings on this? Is that something you feel like you would be able to play and be able to, you know, feel okay about that? What do you think, Richie?
1: I mean, it wouldn't bother me. Some of my favorite games kind of focus around this exact same um, theme. So Mombasa, Santa Maria, even though that's you know, crazy abstracted. But I mean, personally it does not bother me because it's it happened. It's not like you can erase that. I can understand where some people may be uncomfortable because they're playing you know, they're having fun doing this, most likely, hopefully, if it's a good game. So I, I can understand that, um, you know, coming up. But I mean, for the most part, for me, I, I disconnect from that from the theme most of the time. So
2: for me, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I, this is a game that I I had seen on Kickstarter as well. And I was interested in the card art doesn't shy away like you've got a guy, a, a a white man with a top hat standing atop a pile of skulls and some of the card are, I mean, it is the, the, the box on the front cover is a ball. It's a manacle and a, a, a ball. I, I don't know what, what the right term is, but it's, it's chains basically. So it doesn't shy away from it. It's serious. But then at the same time, I guess I'd want to know, even if you don't shy away from it, how are you treating the subject matter? So for instance, Freedom, the Underground Railroad was a, was an interesting subject matter, obviously. But the the goal was to try to free the slaves. And then when you couldn't free some slaves, I mean, you felt, you know, you felt the, the repercussions of that. It wasn't just a cube if you were playing it and getting the full essence of the of the game there. So I think. That affects things to me. So even if you don't shy away from it, it still matters, I think, in the gameplay. Another good example of this is the game Endeavor that just came out earlier this year. It was a reprint. And basically, you could go in heavy on slavery in your company if you wanted to, and you'd get these awesome benefits, and your company would be booming. But later on, another person who didn't have their company go into slavery could play these cards or take these actions to abolish slavery, essentially, and really hurt your company and set you back again by taking away slavery, which is a fascinating way to teach people, here's why companies did this, because it was really advantageous economically, although it was completely abhorrent. And so it was kind of an interesting teaching tool within that game. I'm more interested in this game to see how it implements this theme.
0: Well, for me, and... And maybe Richie doesn't even know this, but there was one time Richie and I were playing a game uh, called Chips. Uh, Richie, I don't know if you remember that game that we played.
1: Uh, Martin Wallace, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And wasn't a, at least for us, it didn't really hit on all all cylinders. It was kind of a blah game. But there were cards in the game that had, you know, like slavery type of card. I can't even remember exactly what it was. But that was even me playing that with Richie made me feel – a little uncomfortable. It was like, a, ooh, you know, I don't even want to look or, or think about this card. And that maybe a little soured a little bit for the game, even for me. Uh, mostly, I think the mechanics just didn't do a lot for me. But that was something that was, <laughs> you know, so that would be tough for me in a way to play that game with you know, you know, obviously I don't know I'm gonna play with anybody who's obviously from early nineteenth century or late or you know, early twentieth century that had this happen to him. But still that's that sometimes is a tough way to play a game, I think.
1: And I could see that. Um what do you guys think of five tribes with the slave cards originally? Well, I personally got the uh
2: the Fekirs, basically. I got the the other cards because I just felt like it really didn't even fit in the game. It just, it it could easily be taken out and they did that with the Fakirs. And, and then I can play with my, you know, with my family and not like, look at this really, you know, downtrodden, you know, sort of slave right there on the card that just was very out of place, very striking for the game. So I don't know that that's where I sit on
0: that. Yeah. I I agree with you. I still have an original five tribes and I, I, I don't play the game very much anymore. So I still have the original cards in there. But that's definitely one of those things I would rather replace them because it just, you're right, it doesn't have any place in that game. That's, I mean, I can understand in colonialism, that's part of the game. Or, you know, when you're talking about uh, the Underground Railroad game, you know, that's part of the game and how it's played. You have to have that. But if it's not necessary, I don't, then then there really doesn't need I need to be in there okay well regardless i think i'm still
2: looking forward to seeing how this is implemented as far as the kickstarter goes i think
0: didn't it, september 11th is the last day to pledge is that right clef yeah you get, september 11th is your last day to pledge um cost is 79 it, this is this is just a second edition so it's not anything new so it will be shipped out it says next month i mean so this is a, an immediate type of thing you just pay the 79 bucks and next month, you're going to be getting the game. So that's for Kickstarter. That's kind of an unusual thing. Usually, you're they're trying to uh, you know create the game, and for this one, they've already got it ready to roll. Uh, they have reached their their goal, so it will it will fund and go out. I, I'd be real interested uh, to hear uh, from our from our listeners. Uh, we can maybe put up something on the guild. Does the theme when it is something like this? Make a difference to you? Was this something that you would pledge, even if it's a game you think sounds really cool? Would you pledge for this game because of the theme?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So, guys, uh, if you're interested in that, and we'd love to hear your feedback, our guild is three two two seven on Board Game Geek. So hit us up there and look for the look for the forum page. Okay, gang. Now let's move on to our dazzling review of the Hotness Brass.
0: So, Brass is a medium-to-medium-heavy logistics and network-building game that takes place in England between the 18th and 19th century. Brass was designed by Martin Wallace. It plays two to four players in around 60 minutes to two hours, depending on players. The crux of the game is a card-driven action mechanism that involves hand management. Each turn, players will play two cards, And then they're going to choose two actions. Those actions can include different things like building industry tiles, building a network system, uh, doing a development action, selling, and taking loans. The game is played in two separate eras, the canal phase and the rail phase. Uh, Players are going to score points for all of their flipped tiles. And there are certain ways that you're going to be flipping these tiles through the game. And then their canal and rail networks. At the end of the rail phase, the player with the most points is the winner. So there is a very, very brief overview of this game. I don't want to go super duper into detail, but there's there's kind of the basics. And uh, let's let's get this rolling right away. And this is going to be the gangbuster start off the bat. What do you guys think about the components and the art in this game? Ooh,
2: wait, um, Richie, you go first. I'll be right back. <laughs> Okay.
0: Chad literally just left He's the room. He's running roof. away. <laughs> <laughs> well, as... okay. well,
2: Richie Richie wasn't fast enough, so here.
0: Ooh, what was that? So? <laughs> well, Chad, you yeah, got a lot of picking up together. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what was that, Chad? Beautiful, beautiful poker
1: chips.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: yes, it by far one of the best looking euro games i've ever seen hands down roxley has knocked it i mean out of the galaxy all other publishers this should be the standard for heavy games any any game really because i i mean i honestly i cannot complain about anything in this game i can make up some stuff but You'd be lying. it's all yeah it's yeah. all good it's all good
0: <laughs> i it, it's it's amazing i mean i could go i could go on for 15 minutes about the art i could go on for 15 minutes about the components this game is unbelievable. And I'm not even, even if we didn't talk about the iron clay, beautiful chips, the rest of the components are, are great components. Nice cards, nice, uh, what linen finish that are on the cards. Beautiful artwork on not only the cards, but the player boards and then the main board. Oh my God, just unbelievable. I I can't believe that somebody else can't make beautiful games like this.
2: It's it's amazing, and you can tell that this was a labor of love. You can tell that they put great care into this, and this was a game they really cared about and cared about making the best way that they could, and it is, it is top-notch. You're right. From the art and the player boards, and we, we haven't even talked about the, the game manual, the instruction manual. It reminds me, actually, a lot of Lisboa. So, it, in the front pages, you get a a good fat paragraph about each industrialist. And, and I want to say, they're all laughing at me because of theme, but I like (laughs) that. You can later, after you get the game, you can look at the, the theme and, and, and be immersed in this, in this other time. And I love that they gave equal representation too. You have some women in there, which is awesome as well. And so you can find out about these people that you, you may not have known about. And really, if you think about it, that's the way it should be because Martin Wallace the way that he develops a game, as he has said in other interviews, he finds a, an interesting time in history and designs a game around it generally. That's, that's what he does, and I think that's how Brass was designed. And so to have that background in the manual is great, not to mention the manual itself with all the, all the game mechanisms outlined and all the examples throughout. And yeah, it's, it, it is a great production.
1: You're just always trying to find a way to talk about (laughs) Lisboa.
0: He does do a good job of sneaking that in.
1: (laughs) Uh. Yes, actually, I would say the only negative is that this may be so beautiful that it will attract people that probably should not play this game.
0: I would agree with you. I would agree with you.
1: (laughs) So maybe we go into gameplay as far as, you know, what do you think about
0: it? I mean, I just said a minute ago I could go on for 10 to 15 minutes on art and I could go on 10, 15 minutes about components. I, I could go on for hours about the gameplay this game it, first of all i'll say this when i first read the rules for this game okay and you know industrial tiles and you know getting income from them and then you know this could i thought to myself you know what this is really not a game that would hit for me. And then I played it and the gameplay is masterful. I mean, you know, obviously we, we played age of steam a little bit ago, you know, from Martin Wallace. I've, you know, I just mentioned ships a second ago, you know, Martin Wallace to me, this gameplay is just perfect. There's great strategy. There's great, you know, thinking about what am I going to do? Am I going to use this card to do this? Oh, wait, man, if I use this card to do this, What is my opponent going to do? Is my opponent going to try to get in there and do that? Oh, wait a minute. If I build this, you know, a network, if I build this canal, will they be able to sneak in there and be able to deliver this good or get this coal off of my car? You know, all these different things are constantly going through my head. And then, and I realize I'm talking a long time and I'm going to be done here in a moment, but, and then even more of beauty of this game is, in a lot of games, turn order is kind of a, eh, you know, it's here and there. The turn order in this game is unbelievable. Basically, every time you spend any money, it goes on to your person. And at the end of the round, whoever spent the most money has to go last the next round. Whoever spent the least amount gets to go first. And there are times all the time when I'm sitting there thinking to myself, how much money do I want to spend? Not only what actions do I want to take, but what will that do for my turn order for the next round? And that, I, yeah, I, I better shut up or I'm going to monopolize <laughs> this entire podcast. Chad, what is your thoughts on the gameplay?
2: There, That's what I wanted to mention. There are a few really, really smart choices in gameplay in this game. The turn order is one of them because you are trying to figure out, okay, I'm going to plan out my next four or five actions here. How can I make it so that I can get back-to-back turns so I finish up my turn and I'm last right now because I spent the most money last round. I I spend very little this this turn and then sweep around and now I'm in first place and I can grab some of the resources that I just generated to ship goods or whatever because that's what happens a lot in this game is that you can set yourself up with resources with coal to be used, or in Birmingham, beer to be to be uh, to help deliver on your network, and then somebody else can snatch it right out from under you and use it. And that is the other beauty of this game: is the interactivity, the networks. And how you can use each other's network to deliver things. And how you can use each other's coal and each other's iron and stuff. And they get a benefit from that. So if I use all of the coal off of Richie's tile to build more buildings or build some more rails, Richie's tile gets flipped over and then he gets points for that. So it does reward him. But you're kind of going back and forth. Gosh, do I want to pay money for this? Do I want to get Cole from Richie's tile so that I give him points at the end of the game. It's just, there's so much planning involved in back and forth. And that is the beauty of this game is the system is so wonderfully interactive.
1: And I mean, it's a relatively easy rule set as far as the actual mechanisms of the game. The strategy is very opaque. I don't, it's one of those games where, I mean, you can lose it on the first turn and that can be frustrating to people. I can definitely understand that, but it, it's a game that as you play it, you're going to get better. And it is a blast to play it with, with experienced players. Like we played a game last night, uh, me and Clef and I lost by three points, but I mean, that was one of the funnest losses I've, I've had. And we went both after different strategies. And in this game, you want to be looking for what the economy needs currently. So if the coal is low, then you may need to provide that. And in Birmingham, if there's no beer, you may want to get into beer. It's, it's so good.
2: So why don't we talk about some of the differences right now? This would be a good place to talk about some of the differences between Lancashire and Birmingham because Lancashire is the game that was originally released in, I I believe, 2008. I could be wrong about that, but I think somewhere around 2008 it was just called Brass when Martin Wallace first originally released it. And then Birmingham is the game that has been released this year by Martin Wallace, Gavin Brown, and Matt Tolman. And you can tell that Gavin Brown and Matt Tolman are huge fans of this game. So l- let's talk about the differences in gameplay.
0: Okay, so I'll start off here and say both the games are, are the same basics of the game. You're playing cards and you're doing actions. I would say that Lancashire is the, this is going to sound weird to say, It's the easier version. It's which don't get me wrong. This is still a heavy strategy game, but it's a little easier to a to ship. It's a little bit because when you ship, you are able to um, you're able to ship any port, and you can put ports out anywhere on the board to be able to ship. Plus, you can also ship to the to the foreign market, where in Birmingham it's very where you ship to is is very few places on the board. And it can be very hard to get to those places to ship. As as uh, Richie said earlier, you can learn lose this on the first turn. And our friend Ryan, who was playing with us, he built a cotton mill up in the like top part of the board, and the only place to, place to sell cotton was like all the way in the bottom. And he was just he was done. That that cotton mill never even flipped. I think he spent twelve dollars on it in the first round, and he was completely done. So okay, that was a circle around to what I'm trying to say here. I think that Birmingham is a more gamier game. Like, it takes a lot more planning, a lot more strategy, and a lot more wondering what the other person is going to be doing. That being said, I don't feel like Lancashire is 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 bad in that sense. It's just it's a little bit easier than Birmingham.
1: Yeah, you can tell that Birmingham was designed by people who have played this game a lot. Because Lancashire has, once you've played it a lot, it has kind of scripted openings. If you're the first person to go, you need to develop because iron is cheap at that point. And maybe even the first two people needed to develop. Birmingham had made some changes, like uh, you don't you st- you start with seventeen dollars instead of thirty, so that kind of discourages you from. Uh, developing the, the iron and the coal also don't start on the very lowest part of the market and also for your first build you can build a canal first which will allow you to set up to you know build a iron works or any of those other ones because one of the things that happens a lot in this game is someone will start making a move and then someone's like no, no 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 you can't do that you're not you don't have access to coal you can't do that that happens <laughs> every game i've played so far that has happened i swore so much in this game I
2: I don't <laughs> like to do that, but I mean, there was, there was a lot where you think you can do something and then you just notice that either it just got taken away from you or you don't have the resources or you don't have enough money to do it and that is that is what makes this game so delicious when you can pull it off is you realize that you have planned for four turns that this is what's going to happen and that's what that person is going to do and I'm going to lay this out to entice that player to do this so that then I can slip in the back door and do that and I, I mean, I will tell you right now I think most of us have played it Cleft probably played it most of all of us but most of us have played both about five times and we're by no means brass experts because those guys are out there because this game's been around for a while but, you know getting through the process of becoming better and better at the game is just so much fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing I will say, this game is not going to be for everybody. Um, the other night, I my wife is is very nice and will usually allow me to teach her, especially if we're going to be reviewing a game. She likes to play a game and kind of add her two cents in. Uh, you know, like she quite enjoyed Merlin. She liked Newton. You know, she likes those medium kind of Euro-y type of games. So I thought, All right, I'll give it a shot. I will teach her brass. Any guesses on the number of turns that I got into the game before it was over?
1: (laughs) I'm going to guess turn three.
0: Turn two. That was it. (laughs) Um, And, you know, and I was obviously trying to be very helpful and trying to give her strategy tips and kind of trying to help her along. And she just literally after turn two, she looked at me and she said, I'm sorry, but. I just don't get it. I don't understand what I'm trying to do. And you just sitting here telling me what to do is, is not helping. And, and it's, honey, that's okay. I understand. Is I understand this game is not for everybody. And I packed it up and I was done, which gave me a good enough. I mean, that's, I found out that that game, this type of game was just too much for her to kind of understand the strategies of.
2: And I think Richie already sort of touched on that because it is a game of somebody going, okay, I'm going to do, no, sorry, you can't do that. Okay. Well then I'll, no, you can't actually do that either. (laughs) Well, then no, you can't. Okay. What can I do here? And you will figure it out. There, there are great things to do, but it, it, Again, you said it's opaque. It can be opaque for new players who aren't used to that weight of game.
0: Even more experienced players. I mean, last night in the game that, that Richie and I played in, you know, the players that we played with, you know, a, a few times just literally had to say to Richie and I, I don't know what to do. And then Richie and I would give them as best of advice as we possibly could. But it does. It, the game does not have just a, you know, like like a Newton, you know, where it's like, okay, you just do these things and that's, you know, you're going to score points or whatever. Not to say that Newton's like a simple, simplistic game, but it just has more of that overhead strategy.
2: A lot of times with Euro games, there's a sort of recipe fulfillment part of the game, which you can latch on to if nothing else, which Newton sort of has and some other games. This does not have that. So again, that's what makes that a little bit more complicated.
1: Yeah, it really depends on what other people are doing. There's a lot of times where I'll I'll go in with a strategy and then all of a sudden someone builds a link or they build a rail and all of a sudden this opportunity is opened up and I I need to take advantage of it which is going to shift my strategy a little bit. So it is definitely a game that as you're playing you you it's going that that strategy is going to evolve.
0: Now, quick question for you both. Do you feel like the two games are di- would you consider them to be different games or When you, like, say, if you're making a top 50 list or whatever, if you put one on, would you just say brass? Or would you specify which brass? I think
2: you could specify which brass. To me, it just sort of depends on the kind of game I want to play. I'm lumping them together in my mind. But certainly if I taught... taught somebody that game that hadn't had as much experience maybe, I'm definitely teaching them Lancashire. I think it's easier to latch on to. And like Richie said, these, these guys made Birmingham after having played many games of Lancashire to say, okay, here's sort of the expert version of this game, basically. Here's what requires you to have more planning. Because like we talked about with the beer, it just adds another level of planning to your shipping. So you really have to plan ahead and and watch out for other players taking your stuff. So that is kind of an added wrinkle, among other things.
1: I ended up, and we all have both games, and I'm going to keep both games. Because I think Lancashire is perfect for teaching brass, and teaching the mechanism, teaching the strategy, and then Birmingham is when you you're ready to go to the next level because having to account for the beer and the different markets, it it does change the game and it makes it more complex.
0: Yeah, and that's a you know I feel the same way. I mean, you know, if I'm teaching somebody the game for the first time, I'm absolutely teaching them you know the original brass. I'm not going to go into Birmingham. Um, and then if somebody's like, ooh, I really like this game, then I'm going to hit them up with, with the Birmingham after that.
2: And one other thing we should mention, and then we'll move on to variability slash replayability. I'm going to be just as happy playing Lancashire, honestly, because it's still a great game, but one of the things that does change too is the is the card draw. So sometimes you'll get cards that you can't use when you draw them, and in Birmingham, you have, you have the option to put down two put down three cards, trade them out from your hand and get these wild cards that are wild locations and those help you go to where you want to go because sometimes you can't build where you want to build or you can't do the industry you want to develop and so in that way it it, it kind of it kind of fixes that.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, Birmingham did do a few things to help. You know, in 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 the in the original Brash, you could discard two cards and then choose it as a wild city location. But in Birmingham, they made it a little more refined where you went and you got these wild cards to kind of help you out. Um, they also refined the other rule of in original brass, you could take a 10 a 20 or a $30 loan. And everybody obviously always took a $30 loan, except for, yes, Dan Smith, uh, my good friend from across the board. When I told him that, of course, what did he do? He took a $10 loan in a game, and did he win? Yes, he tied for the win. <laughs> he would have won outright if he would had taken a $30 loan. But <laughs> he, of course, is like, look, I only took a $10 loan. All right, whatever. But most sane people are always going to take a $30 loan, so they made in Birmingham, you just $30 is, is what you get. So right, they, they because, did refining. Right, because it's the way
2: that you move back on the track uh, when you have to take a loan. It's very. It's not very punishing, as opposed to other Martin Wallace games like Age of Steam, for example. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. This game, you're take, you almost have to take loans. I mean, I i suppose you could get on a really good roll early and maybe get income, but that's going to be tough, especially in Birmingham. I don't think it's possible not to take a loan in Birmingham.
1: No, I mean, there's been a couple of times where I've just taken two loans back-to-back. Now you have a, just a, a ton of cash going into that next turn.
0: Right. Okay, so replayability, variability. Where, where do we stand on that, Chad?
2: Um, well, I think that there is so much interactivity in this game that it just always is going to feel replayable because you, you're you always focused on what everybody else is doing, and those opening moves can change from game to game. And like Richie said, you're watching the market. So I might have a plan in mind, but all of a sudden the coal market is completely emptied, and for me to fill it back up is going to be like 12 or 13 in my hand and I can't turn that down so all of a sudden I've changed my strategy and again there are certain setups that are different as well and Birmingham uh, is a little bit different as well because it has these tiles that go into the market that kind of change things up you get bonuses with beer on these ports they're essentially ports I guess I would think of them as and when you deliver and get that use that first barrel of beer to that port you get a special action out of it and so the locations can change from game to game as to where those tiles are. So that includes that includes some
1: replayability in there as well. How about you, Richie? What did you think? Uh, replayability on both, I think, is fantastic. I mean, it's almost especially when you play with people that are experienced. It's, I mean, it's a chess match basically when you're when you're playing. As far as variability goes, I think Birmingham obviously it's going to be greater than the original Brass, uh, just because they kind of designed it to be a little bit more variable as far as the markets go. Both of them, I think, is fantastic as far as replayability goes, and then Birmingham gets a little bump on variability. What about you, Clef?
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. You know, variability, there's not a ton. Now, granted, you're going to be drawing different cards each game, so that right there, that starts in on that. Different things are going to happen each game. But it's nothing like, uh, like Newton that we discussed last time where it has hundred different tiles that are all different each game and they're in different spots or whatever. These are all going to basically, basically always going to be in that same spot. But replayability, I have played this as as Chad has said. I mean, I've played this now between the two of them. I've played 12 times and I don't feel like I've played the same game and I'm still getting that same thrill out of every time I play that game that I did on the first one. I mean, and I don't feel like this is... This is not like it's a hype, like, oh, this is this pretty game and it's new. I mean, this game is just really solid, strong, and just gives me that great, different feeling or different strategy that comes every single game. So uh, for replayability, out the charts for me.
2: All right. Well, that's a good segue to move into the rating scale. Richie, why don't you give
1: our Punch Borders the rating scale here? Definitely. So on Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six point scale, a one being trash, just toss the game away, and a six being a game that is a contender for our top 10 of all time. So how about, Chad, how about you give us your rating first? Six. That's it. It's a
2: six. I have to tell you right now, I mean... You've seen me, and and when you when you played this game with me, I'm sure you've been like, how, how, how is Chad giving this a six? He's angry
0: the whole time, and he's swearing. I mean, like, what? Putting out hashtag. These jerks made me play this at midnight. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But
2: I mean, I, I love the game. I, I it's another one of those games that I don't always play well. And when I don't play well, it makes me so frustrated, but it's a good, it's a good kind of frustration. Cause you see your plans and you, and and then you look at it and you go, Oh, why didn't I see that? Why didn't I see that? I don't have the resources for this, this turn or why didn't there's, there's so much. And like I said, I just on top of how it makes me feel. I just really appreciate the design. The design is so the design space for this game is so great. And, how it encourages the interaction and again like I said you still get things when people take some of your stuff usually so it it's it's a double-edged sword sometimes with that and you just kind of you you're you're constantly having this back and forth in your head with your plans and what is open on the board so it's just so great and like I said the production quality of this game it just it's begging to get played it just sits there begging to get played and so that's another bonus I think clef why don't you give your rating?
0: It, it's a six. It's 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 not even, I mean, if I really had to break the two of them down, I'm, I might say that original brass is, is a five for me just because it's, it's sometimes the gameplay just doesn't, it seems a little more samier just because of how it is developed. But I, I you know what? That's that's even a lie. No, I mean, it's a six. <laughs> Both games are masterful. I mean, Birmingham is probably, if I really had to sit, if I played with people that knew how to play and I really wanted that deep strategy, I would play Birmingham, but in an insta-second, I would play original brass. No question about it. I'll say this, okay? First of all, when we talked about components and art, the game was amazing, okay? The, the art and everything was, the components are out, out the rough. The gameplay is amazing. The replayability is amazing. I, I'll say this. Right now, if you took away, which I'd fight you tooth and nail, but if you took away my deluxe copy of it and all of a sudden said, you know what, you may no longer have the deluxe copy, all you can have is the old copy with that weird dude holding the lantern or something on there, (laughs) I'm still taking that game so I can play brass because the game is that amazing. It is, it's a 6.5. Can I give it a six? Point? No. Can no. I give it a seven? Can I give it an eight? Is no. Calm down.
1: You're cal- calm. down.
0: <laughs> All right, Richie. Uh, you gonna have anything different for us?
1: The first time uh, Chad brought this up, you know, and I looked at the original game. I was, I, it looked terrible. And <laughs> knowing Chad, it, I, it was going to be punishing. <laughs> no, <Chad>. <laughs> <laughs> so I was not excited to play this game. And when I played it, absolutely blown away. And I know last week I said that Newton was. The my favorite game of the year, and I could not see that being topped anytime soon. Well, you know, I I didn't realize it was gonna be topped so soon. (laughs) Sounds like somebody's a fickle pickle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So your rating is a six.
1: Cross the board sixes. Oh my gosh, this is now
2: this is a first. And people are gonna think people are gonna be like, what? These guys, come on, giving sixes all all over the place, Ah, throwing ah. out sixes.
1: It brass original brass is a six. Birmingham is like a six point five. Stop it! (laughs) (laughs) I so so agree.
0: It's fantastic,
1: and you can get it on an app. And that I mean, that's been my just go to. That's all I've been doing is playing brass on my phone. Anytime I can just, you know, ignore someone, I just pull up my phone and start playing Brass. So it's fantastic.
0: <laughs> I just want knocks. To, <laughs> just knocks. Just, go away, I'm playing Brass.
2: <laughs> I just want people to know, too, Richie said to me, I am glad that you guys ordered this game. Because he, after playing it a few times, he went on Miniature Market or whatever you went on and, and ordered the game himself. And so he said, I-, I am really glad that I played this game. If it weren't as pretty, I never would have played it. So I, I just want you guys to know. I mean, uh, he's a real nice guy, but Richie's kind of shallow. I mean, does, <laughs> does does Jessica know how shallow you are? I mean,
1: <laughs> I have no problem judging books by their company. <laughs> Publishers, this is you should make all your games, all your games beautiful.
0: So there you go. There is our review of Brass Sixes. All around, we can't say enough about this game. Uh, and hey. If you want to talk about this game or have any other questions, we have a Slack channel and we would love for you guys to join that Slack channel. And on there, we could, you know, we can answer any other questions you have about brass or anything else that we want to talk about.
2: People are talking about that game all all the time, or they're talking about, you know, all all different kinds of games. So we've had people get on and talk about uh stuff with merlin and stuff so yeah join us on our slack chat and ask us any questions tell us your feedback on different games we love getting together i mean really the slack chat is why we do this
0: and the slack chat has gabby so there is a reason to come and join the slack chat (laughs) (laughs) gabby will talk to anybody and everybody about games so get on there and have a conversation with us true Okay, guys, so last episode, I got a little, you know, bamboozled when Richie brought a game for me and you to play where we did the, the Feld uh, kind of each of us trying to name a game back and forth. Yeah. And then at the end, when I lost, which inevitably was going to happen versus Chad on that, <laughs> then you Richie starts to tell me, yeah, I did. I wasn't bad, yeah. Uh, then Richie proceeds to tell me, oh, by the way, the loser has to give me their deluxe copy of Brass that's right so well all right so we're gonna have a little payback uh i don't know what game i'll take from one of you whoever loses (laughs) this but okay honestly i've I've, i'm i just this is going to just be a basic type of board game trivia guys okay okay so here is my chance to try to get back at you two but so wait uh, what did i do uh, i don't know you you were here so (laughs) i've got some what i feel like are pretty easy softball questions okay so Here's the thing. If you guys don't get every single one of these right, then I get to go pick a game out of your guys' collection.
2: <laughs> all right. This sounds ridiculous.
0: I'm telling I think you guys will ace this, all right? These are all games you play and should know well. Oh, is that why all these games are laying around? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. Are you guys ready?
2: I think so. Ready.
0: Question number one. How many assistants do you start with in Istanbul. So you're going to start off with your main merchant. How many assistants do you start with? They're writing their answer down. Richie, are you ready? Are you locked in?
1: I'm locked in.
0: Chad, are you locked in? I guess so. Okay, Richie, the answer is? Five. Chad, your answer is? Three. Wow. They're both done on the first turn. It's four. Four. <laughs> There's five assistants in the game, but you only start with four of them. One is the one you have to earn with that merchant tile.
1: I think that's a point for me. So, <laughs> no, wait a minute. There's five assistants in the game. You didn't even come close. He said, what did you that's start it. with? Then? Three.
0: <laughs> that was the brutal variant. All right. All right. All right. All right. We'll, we'll count that one as just a, a warm up here. All right. We're going to go to the next one. And this one, this one is an easy one. All right. This one is an easy one. How many points do you get? If you have the most contracts at the end of the game in the voyages of Marco Polo, how many points do you get for having the most contracts at the end of the game in Marco Polo? Richie, are you locked in? Locked in. Chad, are you locked in? I don't remember this kind of crap. Okay, Richie, the answer is? Seven. Chad, the answer is? Eight. Seven is the correct answer. (laughs) All right. Richie is up one to nothing. Even though I'm terrible at that game, I know it. This stuff is ridiculous.
2: Also, I want to point out, Richie's played this 98 times.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Excuses, excuses. All right. How many action spaces are there on the Moncala circle in Trajan? How many different actions are there that you can, how many, basically, how many actions can you take in Trajan?
1: This should be a softball for Chad.
0: Chad, are you locked in? You were asking the craziest questions. Hey, this is my revenge.
1: Uh, by the <laughs> way, I want, I want to note that he got
0: these
2: bo- these out from the shelf, so it's not <laughs> like he knew these readily. No,
0: no, no. So, okay, a few of them that are upcoming, yes.
1: <laughs>
0: the first three that I've said, I knew. Right. <laughs> these I would have known.
1: I'm locked in. Locked in. Richie locked in? Locked in.
0: Okay, Chad, answer. Six. Okay, Richie? Eight. It is six. What? <laughs> Chad is on the board. All right, it's one-to-one. That was a softball for him. Great. All right. I'm sorry I didn't
2: play it 98 times online.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, my next question is going to come from the game Kingsburg. Have you guys played Kingsburg? Yep. Nope. Oh, boy, Chad's in trouble. Okay, <laughs> what is the total dice number for you to have to get to go to the queen in Kingsburg? So to go to the queen... What is your total dice number that you have to have to go up to the queen? Chad, I'll give you a little bit of help then since you haven't played it. No help. I'm just saying they each has different characters and they each have a different number on them to be able to use them. Okay? And the queen. Are you locked in? Yeah. Okay. Hold on, Richie. Are you locked in?
1: No, I've written down three numbers. (laughs) I'll help you. My answer is Purple. (laughs) <laughs> you could have lose, least
0: made a guess. Right.
1: I said 10. 10, okay. Richie? I just can't decide if it's an odd number or an even number. Okay. I'm going to go 17.
0: 17 is correct. Boom. Ugh. The king is 18, the queen is 17, and then everything goes down from there. And, and the queen is the key to that game. Okay, Chad, I'm surprised that's a game you've never played is Kingsburg. That's one that I would consider, I don't know, to be kind of a – Essential type of game for
1: you. You have something against dice games. You haven't played Yahtzee either. Have you? That's yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the one
0: that's really Stop picking surprising. on me about dice, Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> we should like never play Yahtzee and tell everybody never to play it with them, so we can make fun of them <laughs> for the rest of the time. Not okay, here we go, guys. Here is one from Great Western Trail. What is the total number of stations in Great Western Trail? The total number of stations. Yeah, I had to look this one up. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say,
2: Richie, you'd do fine if you got the game off the shelf and opened the board up. Yeah.
0: Hey, (laughs) these are trivia questions. What do you want me to do? (laughs) All right. I got my answer. All right. Richie is locked in. Chad, are you locked in? I guess. Okay. Richie, the answer is? Six. Eight. It's 10. It is 10. There's five. There's five on the top. And then then there's five on the wraparound. Oh, boy, these guys aren't doing very good. All right, I got two points. <laughs> All right, so yes, it's what it's two to it's one, one right more now. More than All me. Right. Okay, name three of the companies in Mombasa. Three out of the four. You got three Dude, out of the four. That's
1: easy. You just gave us one.
0: You just gave that to Chad. He <laughs> may not have known that one. <laughs> three of the companies in Mombasa. I love that. Mombasa.
1: I regret giving him that because I'm struggling now.
0: Ooh, okay. How about the both I can give you all four colors. That's great. I want three <laughs> company names. They're both looking at me like you got to be kidding me. I got it. Okay. Richie is locked in. Chad, are you locked in? Sure. Okay, Chad, go for it. What do you got? Mombasa, yes. national and limited. That is very <laughs> close. You got one of the three. All right, Richie, what do you got for us? Cairo.
1: Mombasa and St. Louis
0: ding 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 that is correct uh Cape Town would have been the other one very close to national and limited Chad do, believe me this next one is we're yours. not done yet this is you <laughs> we got we have three more questions okay okay, Chad I feel good about this one okay the number of different colored meeples in keyflower I don't if they don't get this one right I'm I'm going to question chad's memory here he can pull out the most obscure designer's name or artist on a whim he's got to remember this one all right Richard, are you locked in
1: just the number or you want the different colors
0: just the number i just want the number okay. of different colors chad right. are you locked in okay chad the answer is five i also had five okay and what are those colors
1: red green yellow white blue that's what i had
0: what white piece is in keyflower? There's only four guys. <laughs> there's no white.
1: All right. Well, I, I couldn't
0: remember. There's one of those that's wild, and
2: I can't
1: remember. That's the green one. Green one. I knew. I swear, there's white in there. Okay. I'm, okay. You know, I'm gonna throw white into my. Copy. Man,
0: I my last two questions are the hard ones, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You know what? We're just gonna hit this very like because the last one was gonna be a tiebreaker. I don't think we even need to. Worry. Yeah, no, I can't recover. <laughs> so this is the last. So name. Two ways Yokohama can have its in-game triggered.
1: This is all you, Chad, have played one time.
0: Ooh, Chad, you got a chance to make up a point here. There's five different ways the game can end. So I'm looking for two of the ways the game can end. They are both writing. They are both in deep thought. Okay, maybe not Richie. Chad is, is, has that look of, I'm trying to remember here. Okay, Richie looks like he's locked in. Yeah. (laughs) Chad, are you locked in? Yeah. Okay, Chad, do you want to start? Fill up the church. The church is correct.
2: Or run out of the
1: import cards, the industry import cards. The
0: order cards. I will accept that answer. That is correct. Richie, what did you have?
1: No more disc. Are there disc in that game? I kind of (laughs) forgot. (laughs) That is no, no, no. no. Okay, Uh, what about this one? Hitting a certain point (laughs) threshold? That is also incorrect. <laughs> I thought I, you were saying hitting. I was like, I was wondering where that was going to go. Hitting somebody, <laughs> flipping the table.
0: Uh, it was church. Orders running out. The customs board. So having enough cubes up on the customs board. Um, all four of either your trading houses are off of your are out on the board, or all eight of your shops are out on the board. Are the other ways that the game can end? Okay. Well, how
1: about do you got one more?
0: well i got a tiebreaker <laughs> make it a two-point question we'll make it a two-point question okay oh, because chet what chet down by one right right yeah so he's got Kay. a chance winner okay name three of the bag tiles in orleans like the name of the tiles they each have a specific name you the, need to name three of them
1: the buildings you talking about the buildings or are you talking about the, the worker tiles?
0: The workers, the worker tiles. Oh, the ones the worker that, you, tiles. that you. you you know you buy and you throw in the bag. They've got there's I'll tell you this, there's seven of them that each have a different name. So three of them, this is worth two points. And I'll even say this, I'll give a bonus point for each one you could name after the three. Ooh, Richie just went back to writing. How many are there again? Seven. Seven tiles. Oh, Chad was rolling and now he's kind of stopped. You kind of have to give these play-by-plays when you're on the radio because no one can see what you guys are doing. <laughs> are you sure there's seven? Yes. I opened up the box and looked. <laughs> That's why that game was out. <laughs> I think this is a good thing to say. We need to go back and play some of these games because we just don't remember some of these things. All right, Chad, are you locked in? Uh, I'm locked in. Okay, Richie, you locked in?
1: I got as many as I can get.
0: Okay, so Chad, we'll start with you. So, two points if you get at least three, and then one point for each additional. Knight. Correct. Monk. Correct.
2: Technology. Incorrect. Does that count? Nope. do You're not counting the technology? Not tells? quite. Nope. Okay. No.
0: Fisherman. Nope. Farmer. Correct.
1: That's it for me.
0: Okay. Well, he got the two points, so he is now in the lead. Richie, what do you have? So, I got knight. Correct. Monk. Scholar. That's correct. So. Okay, what do you got for bonus points? Farmer. Correct. I also wrote
1: down fisherman. That's the blue dude, right?
0: Nope, he's the boatman.
1: Boatman, that's right. That's and, all I got.
0: And then we also have the craftsman, which is what you're probably thinking of the as technology the technology. Guy. And then the trader.
1: Ah, uh, right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Well, you guys actually did pretty well on uh, on that one. That was That was kind of the bonus question there, so... So
1: what game are you taking out of Chad's collection? I've
0: got two Mm. copies of Munchkin. My son won't miss one of those, (laughs) at least. Oh, boy. Um, Let's think here. I think what... Oh, I know what I'm taking out of Chad's collection. Rococo. Uh, No, sorry. Oh, I love that game. You don't have a choice in the matter. (laughs) (laughs) That's how the game goes. (laughs) All right, everybody. There is episode 13. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And next week, we will be back again in just one week with our review of Coimbra. All right, everybody. Have a great day.
1: Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.